two Kickers are extra, I give them the boot Ooh, throwing for two Sit back, relax while I grab me a brew Ooh, now I'm reclining While putting my time and I'm ready to go My spine is aligning And much my my lineups, my bank account grows I am so rich But knowledge is all that I'm leaving it with Ooh, listen to this Multiple options, how far can I get? Ooh, DFS Dynasty Redraft tonight, I'm not finishing last I'm finishing past any and all I am looking to last. What else? This spot is popping and I am so locked in and only opening the door when it is opportunity knocking and all of these spots keep on talking and talking. So what are we talking? What kind of alignment and running it deep? Even players forgotten or came from the bottom or hitting that topping and this spot is popping. Yeah, this spot is popping and woo. This is the arm chat. Yeah. Put up your arms. Yeah. Sound the alarm. Yeah. What is going on, guys, and welcome to episode 364 of the Armchair Fantasy Show. I'm your host, of course, Jeff Lambert. You can follow me on Twitter at JeffLambert77. We're here every Friday night on the Going For Two Live podcast network. Uh, we're on Facebook Live. We're on Twitter, Twitch, YouTube. Uh, we're on our own website now, goingfor2.live, and, of course, syndicated in all major podcast networks. Uh, if you are on YouTube, please hit the like and subscribe button. That really helps us out with our, with our uh, algorithm. And uh, apparently now Twitter is now working for us as well. We're getting our Twitter views in finally. Uh, I don't think you can comment. You can't comment quite yet, but at least you can tune in and watch the show. Uh, Comments, I think, are supposed to be fixed here pretty soon. So hopefully the comments on Twitter will finally work. Uh, But if you can't, if you want to comment and you want to join us, go find us over on YouTube. Uh, Of course, I'm here with my co-host, as always, Mr. Tim Strobel. You can follow him on Twitter at KettleDFS. What's up, Tim? Yeah, man, I'm happy to be back. Uh, sorry you had to call in sick last week, but, uh, you know, we, we're back for the fans. Are you feeling better this week, Jeff? Yeah, I'm feeling much better. I still got the I guess I got the runny nose and all that, but I'm not coughing and I don't have the sore throat. I don't got all that stuff. So uh, definitely feeling much, much better. I hated missing last week, but, uh, you know, it happens sometimes. Yes, sir. Speaking of right. sick, this guy uh, he's going to be on the show tonight. Uh, he's getting over sickness himself. He had the, a fever and the whole nine. Uh, still going to be struggling a little bit tonight, but he's a soldier. Uh, Gerson, what's up, man? What's up? What's up? Um, yeah, I mean, fever sucks, but I apologize in advance if I cough, if I sniffle, if I start sweating on my armpit or everywhere. Um, <laughs> it's just, it's just uh, going to be a mess today, guys, but I I had to tune in. I think this is gonna be probably the last time I'm beyond this year, right? I mean, you guys are pretty much done. Only a few shows left. Yep. He, yep. he shows up for the important shows, the Halloween show and the Christmas show. Absolutely, we're good. Absolutely, good. Always good to have you, G. Yeah, good stuff. What one thing I will say before we get to the good and bad of the week? Uh, it was interesting last week. So I was down and out pretty much the whole entire week, right? So typically, I have my routine where I'm. I got to write my article for Fantasy Pros. I do my prep for this show. So I'm doing a lot of my DFS stuff throughout the week. Uh, And then last week, because I did absolutely no uh, prep whatsoever, I showed up on Saturday night to try to set my lineups. And I kind of felt like some of our listeners might feel I was completely lost. (laughs) I didn't know who to play or nothing. I was so lost. Uh, I went to Tim's uh, uh, thread on the Facebook page and started doing my research on Saturday night. Uh, but I was like, man, why is Ezekiel Elliott the highest on running back? Uh, you know, I was so lost. So it, it kind of uh, gives me a little bit of um, uh, pride in the sense that we can bring uh, this sort of research information to the to the listeners out there to help them out. Because, man, I was completely lost. If I wasn't paying attention like I normally do, uh, I don't know what I was doing. So uh, just to just want, want to quickly shout that out. All right, let's go ahead and open up with the Rewind. The Weekly Rewind. 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 All right. As always, we'll kick it off here with one good, one bad. Uh, Tim, give us your uh, your two here. Yeah, my one good last week was David Njoku. Uh, I played Njoku in cash. Uh, he ended up only being like 10% owned in cash. Uh, but to me, he was an absolute smash bot. So he really carried me. Uh, I won our little uh, roundtable league uh, for that. So that was awesome. And then my one bad was Ezekiel Elliott. Like you just said, man. Uh, he he definitely did not uh, work out for me last week, but the good thing is that the build got me onto uh, Njoku, and that's what really mattered. So yeah, good stuff. It was a real good week for me, man. Gerson, I know you're not uh, you're not playing too much DFS these days, but you are doing Prize Picks a lot. What was your one good, one bad last week? Uh, so my one good, uh, I don't know if you guys seen, but on Prize Pick they had like 
demon and goblin or something like that. And I just like seeing the prize pick uh, props and like props everywhere about CMC's one and a half touchdown made me think CMC's going to have a monster day. And well, yeah. he did. I mean, he basically broke the slate last yeah. week. I mean, I think he got over 46 normal points. I don't know what that is in DraftKings points. I'm pretty sure it was over 50 probably. It was 44.7. 44.7. Okay. Yep. So yeah, so he broke the slate. Yep. Um, my one bad was I was overloaded on the Buffalo. Tim will roast me. Uh, Buffalo Dallas game. So yeah, I mean, I was just a little bit overloaded on it. Um, I just I I love game environments like that, and I think we have another game environment like that in this slate too. So I think there there might be some trap games, and we might have to talk about it. Agreed. Uh, so my one good is I was, you know, I, like I just said, I kind of was out of it all week. I didn't get the Ezekiel Elliott chalk. I know why he was chalk. I just didn't want to play him. I faded him everywhere I possibly could. Uh, of course, that worked out. Uh, unfortunately, I'm sitting there looking at two guys that are the same price. Uh, I had Rashi Rice and uh, DeAndre Hopkins on my my player pool, and I picked DeAndre Hopkins over Rashi Rice, and I, I paid for that dearly. Uh, I actually had it in my cash lineup. I saw that D-Hop had two back-to-back games with 12 targets. I figured that would continue. Uh, unfortunately, that did not continue, and, and Rashi Rice, of course, balled out. So I was uh, very disappointed I didn't go with Rice instead. All right, get to the quarterbacks. Let's talk quarterbacks. Tim, I know you mentioned this uh, pre-show, but it's a very weird slate, right? Because we got the two sides. Yeah, there's only nine games, right? That was in my thread this week. Uh, we've had a couple of 10 gamers recently, but this one's only nine, thanks to all the games we have on Friday uh, and Monday. So, or sorry, uh, Saturday and Monday. Yep. Uh, but yeah, I really think that particularly in cash, there's two builds this week. Uh, and the first one starts with Justin Fields. I think he's absolutely one of the best, if not the best quarterback play on the slate. 7,100 against the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, They've given up three passing touchdowns in their last three games. They also give up a ton of yards on the ground, which we've certainly seen Justin Fields take advantage of that. So at 7,100, I think that's where I'm going in cash. And I'll also have a lot of him in tournaments. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, I, I like Fields a lot as well. I have him in my. He was my first quarterback that I jotted down. Um, it seemed an easy, an easy one to click on for sure. Uh, hey Jeff, go ahead. My laptop crashed, so give me a second. All my research <laughs> is right there, right. and so like, don't go to me too. I mean, I, I, I'm trying to remember. I'm pretty sure we got mo- most of the same quarterback. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, you, yeah, so, your, yeah. your other elite quarterback was Dak Prescott, which you have him as well, Tim. So why don't you talk about Dak Prescott a little bit? Yeah, I think Dak's in a good spot to bounce back this week against Miami. Uh, highest total on the slate. Um, this one does not feel like the trap like Buffalo did last week. Yeah. Um, uh, the one thing, uh, Dak does not play uh, well in, in those rainy, uh, cold environments, but he's going to be down in sunny Florida. I haven't looked at the uh, weather forecast, but I feel like everybody says it's 65 everywhere for Christmas this week. So I'm pretty sure it's going to be 75. There you yeah. go. So Dak will be right at home. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, like I said, this is a great bounce back spot. It's going to be the highest total on the slate. And I expect this to be one of the highest, if not the highest stacked game of the day, uh, just because of, you know, there's a lot of really good teams that are not on the slate, right? Yep. Like the 49ers. It, yeah. Eagles. The over under is 50. The next closest one is 47. Yep. Like to me, this seems clearly like the game you want to stack. Yeah, and I, I took yep. the other side of that game. I know there's some issues with with uh, Miami's offensive line, and of course, Dallas is one of the best, you know, uh, as far as getting to the quarterback. Yeah, but uh, I, I took Tua at seven point eight as a pivot. I, I think he'll be lower owned than some of the other quarterbacks we just mentioned. Uh, but Dallas plays a ton, a ton, ton of man defense. And mm-hmm. Miami defenses or Miami offense is one of the best against man. So, uh, you know, you got Tyreek Hill, you're going to be good against man. So I think there can be a potential for some big plays there that, you know, people aren't really counting on. Uh, so that's why I got two of there at 7.8 is a good tournament play as well. Oh, I can't wait till Tyreek wrote that, uh, Mr. Uh, when Cowboys fan was chanting defensive player of the year. I can't wait till he roasted him <laughs> like for two touchdowns this week. <laughs> I was sick of that crap, man. I hate, I hate Cowboys fans saying, Oh yeah, we got two defensive players of the year on our team. Look at that. And wait till we get Travion Day. We're gonna have the best defense of all time. I'm like, shut up, dude. 
All right, let's move down into the uh, the mid tier here, Gerson. Is your laptop back up? You want to kick us off the mid tier? No, it's still loaded. It's been, uh, but just tell me my plays. I, I'll remember. Baker Mayfield is the one, the top one there. He's. I mean, you got Baker Mayfield. I mean, last week he kind of just showed out, right? And yeah, I think late, he's, yeah. he's going to show out again in this game. I think the environment it's set perfect for him. What's up, Jamie? Uh, it's set perfect for him. I think with Mike Evans going to be a huge target for him. And Godwin needs to come around, man. Like I don't know what's wrong with this guy. I mean, he just like fell off the map this year. But Kate Allen's not a bad uh, target for him. I, I just think he's falling out. He's going all out. Finally, my computer. So, uh, but he finally, like, he knows he's on a contract year. Like, he get, he's probably going to get a two-year deal, you know, probably like $30 million or something, you know. Like, those, uh, what do you call it, Jeff? Bridge contract? Yeah, bridge, like bridge, bridge, bridge contract. But um, I think I'm going back to the wagon. I mean, it's not expensive either. I think it's 6, 6.2K, is it? Yeah, 6,000, 6, I think. 6,000's flat. 6,000? Yeah. So, I mean, he's cheap. His stack is cheap. It's not that expensive. And I love, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not against doing a Rashad White stack either. You know, he's a pass catching running back. Really good at it. Um, and Baker loves to dump up, dump the ball off. We all know that. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. And, and by the way, Alex, you can't tackle Baker Mayfield. Keep <laughs> uh, Tim, you have the other one that I, that I also like as well. Yeah, so we get the return of Geno Smith this week against the Tennessee Titans. Uh, Vegas apparently did not really care if it was Drew Locke or uh, Geno Smith because the line didn't really move all week. But they are at uh, they are in Tennessee, but they are favored by three and a half. Uh, we've seen Tennessee can't play pass defense at all. Uh, so I, I think that obviously heavily favors uh, Gino in this game. So maybe Drew Locke played a little too well last week, and Gino has to go out there and kind of like – you know, Show keep out. the fan base <laughs> off of his back. So uh, that's just the narrative street for you. But I also think it's a really good matchup. And like I said, the total's not bad either. Yeah, 100%. I'll tell you what, Gino screwed me in fantasy football. So screw you, Gino. <laughs> I love the next guy that Gerson has so much because of the way he put it on the sheet. Yeah, I was just going to say, so Gerson, I don't know if your laptop's up yet. So you have a name on here. And for those that don't know how this works, we have a spreadsheet that we use. We all put our plays in there. Uh, and you know, we can, I can see all the plays that they put in there. Gerson put one name, super, 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 super tiny that I almost can't read it, uh, only because of who the quarterback is. And that's Kyler Murray. So Gerson, why do you like <laughs> Kyler Murray so much? I mean, I had to do it, dude. Like I honestly wanted to find a picture. You guys know that picture where he pops up everywhere, like really little at the <laughs> yes. bottom and put it in there, but I couldn't do it. I just didn't have enough time. Uh, Kyler Murray, I mean, the price is very, for a, a, a Quarterback, uh, Konami quarterback code, or what do you call it? Konami quarterback. Code, yeah, Konami yeah, quarterback, whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, the rushing upside there. The matchup is not all that great, obviously. But, dude, they're going to have to play catch-up. There's no way they're going to keep up with uh, um, the other side. And that's the only way. I mean, I like Kyler. His price is just so it's so uh, fitting for what we want to do with all of our roster construction. Obviously, yeah. you're not going to stack him. He's probably going probably gonna to play him naked. Yeah. I mean, you can stack him with. Uh, it's gonna be ugly, but I rather not. I'm just gonna play him naked. Like I'm. I'm. By the way, naked means uh, just the quarterback alone, no stack. Yeah. By the way, guys, um, don't get your Christmas stockings in, in a bunch. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I mean, I want to add one thing to that. Is I saw on Twitter today that Call of Duty was having a double EXP weekend, <laughs> and they decided to end it early. And so I tweeted out that uh, the you know owner must have Kyler on his fantasy team. Yeah. So he needed him. He needed him locked in for this weekend. So yep. big game incoming for Kyler. Good no stuff. Call of Duty. <laughs> Good stuff. Oh man! I now I got to lock him in on my. Actually, I don't play cash games, so I'm just kidding, guys. Maybe I'll put I put him on a lot of price picks, slip for sure. Yeah. There you sure. go. All right, we'll move down into the value tier, and I'll, I'll talk about another guy that's going to be pretty chalky, uh, Nick Mullins uh, at 5.3 versus Detroit. Uh, of course, Detroit's run defense is, is one of the best in the league, so it's going to be hard for them to run on them. So I think that uh, they're going to have to go to the pass with the Vikings. Of course, he's got some great weapons with Jordan Addison. Of course, Justin Jefferson's going to be there. Uh, TJ Hawkinson's going to be there. Uh, at 5.3, you can cram in a lot of top-tier guys. So I think uh, Nick Mullins is going to be a pretty popular choice there at 5.3. Uh, we'll go to you, Tim, and talk about the other guy we have in our value. Yeah, it's Joe Flacco. Who ever thought we'd be talking about Joe Flacco in the 
But here we are. Uh, he's been balling over 300 yards in his last couple games, and he's still 5,500. So I mentioned I think there are two ways people are going in cash this week. They're either paying up for fields or paying down for Flacco. Uh, I said I was going the fields route as of now, but, I mean, the projections are pretty good for Flacco and for Mullins. Uh, if, you know, how I was playing somebody in a cash game and that's what they had, you know, I wouldn't be shocked. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, Flacco obviously has a huge connection with Cooper, with Njoku. He's proven to be, you know, better than anyone on the Jets and probably several other teams as well. So um, that's a you know discussion for a different day. But, yeah, I think he's an absolute stud play again this week. Yeah, I agree. I have, I have Flacco as well. He's in that same price range as Nick Mullins, and he's just been throwing the ball a ton. Um, so, yeah, that's a good Yeah, call. one of the stats on my sheet this week was that since Joe Flacco took over, Cleveland is first in the league in terms of neutral pass rate. Wow. We think of them as this run heavy team, but since Flacco took over, they just throw and throw and throw, throw it everywhere. That's awesome. Uh, all right, let's move to the tight end. Did somebody say tight ends? All right, and we'll just kick it off here with the, the double drop. Lock, lock it, it in. in. All right, Tim, give us your lock. So Gerson was talking about running Kyler Murray naked, and I think that's a terrible idea because my favorite play on the slate this week is Trey McBride. And I was looking yeah. around, and I, and I see some websites that don't have him as the number one tight end on the slate. And there's another guy I think is debatable, but to me it's clearly Trey McBride. He's had 9.7 targets in his last three games. I mean, average, like that's just insane. For a wide receiver, you'd be paying 7K, maybe 7,500 for that kind of volume, yep. and he's 5,700. So he's going to be super chalky, uh, but you know he's probably going to be 20%. Uh, but I think he's a no-brainer play for me in cash. Uh, he is the guy that you play. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to be all over Trey McBride this yeah, week. So that's where the fever is talking, and I totally forgot about McBride. But, yeah, that's <laughs> definitely a great stack with him, but – I mean, yeah, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sick, guys. Give me a break. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead and give us one of your elite, uh, your elite level tight ends, Gerson. Well, if I can see my list, but apparently my computer doesn't want to pull up Google Chrome, so I'm gonna have to just name them my place. Go with Evan Ingram. Whoa! You got Evan Ingram and David Njoku as your other two tight yeah. ends. Well, you have David. You, you just talked about McBride, so I'll talk about David and Yoku. I mean, the guy's getting peppered with target over and over. Yep. Joe Flacco is going all all in on him, and I mean, he's averaging what almost nine and a half targets a game in the yep. last four four to three games. Yep. And then also, he, he's a touchdown uh, red zone machine. Like when yeah. they get down to the red zone, they ch- chuck it to him, and that and Elijah Moore. I don't know what happened to you, dog, but <laughs> even Joe Flacco can't revive your career either, dude. And you freaking put your neck out for this guy, dude. But I love Yoku. He's he's killing it. I mean, right now I believe what he's top five tight end in fantasy football. Yeah. So I'm gonna get him. Um, Evan Ingram is more of like game environment for me. I don't know how much I trust. Like it's just that offensive line is just against pressure so much. Yeah, that no, Trevor Lawrence just has to like and, pass the ball right away. T Law right? might like, not play because of concussion. He might be he might be out. Oh wow, yeah, yeah, huh? yeah. Um, so CJ Bassard will get in there, right? So CJ Bassard get in there. Even better. What do we always say about tight ends that like I mean Safety quarterbacks that are kind of like backup and what they go to the hot route, you know, they go to the short route, those yeah. short games. So I expect if if CJ Bassard then. And he didn't do too bad when he he got playing time. No, he didn't. Uh, I think he, they won in they were they he, he went down and made a drive at the end. Yeah, they. So, a, I think they lost that game, but they, yeah, they they played decently when hit him in the in the lineup. Yeah. So and we we've seen T.J. Bessard play before. I mean, he played for the Forty ers right? And he didn't do too bad when he played on the Niners. And I can't remember the other team he played for, but I don't I don't think he's a horrible backup quarterback. Yeah. But yeah. The good thing about Bethard is he is a gunslinger. He will just throw it. So that doesn't really affect too much of the skill positions. Now, he might throw a few picks and make some bad decisions, but he will sling it. So, uh, see, the other guys that I had in my in my top tier, TJ Hawkinson, I already kind of mentioned with Nick Mullins. Uh, obviously, we just mentioned, you know, backup quarterbacks love their tight ends. And TJ Hawkinson is probably one of the best tight ends in the NFL uh, versus Detroit at 5.8. Um, I also like. Plus, uh, you get the revenge narrative. Yes, you do get the revenge narrative. Absolutely, absolutely. 
Uh, oh my god, dude. come on, man! I had Stop to throw it in just shit. for Gerson. Yeah, Gerson <laughs> hates uh, just, just because we had Gerson on the show. Yeah, Gerson hates the revenge narrative, especially in football. In, in, yeah. in the NBA, it's, not, it's a little bit more viable, but in football, it's a little bit harder. Yeah, revenge, revenge narrative. There's 52 players on the team, dude. <laughs> Everyone's got revenge every week. Hey guys, revenge. we're gonna do this. For this guy only. So let's just get revenge for him. <laughs> yes. uh, I also have uh, Ferguson at Miami 4.9. Uh, a good stacking option. A good way to get some cheap uh, exposure to that game as well. Uh, we'll move down into the uh, the mid-tier, Tim. And you have one mid-tier guy. So go ahead and talk about him. I do. It's Cole Komet. I talked about how much I like Justin Hello. Fields this week. Uh, I really like him primarily with another guy we'll talk about. But I think you have to have some exposure to Komet as well. Uh, he's been used a lot by Justin Fields, uh, particularly around the red zone. Uh, this is real. Uh, last week, he had uh, a red zone target the week before he had two. So, I mean, we saw that one play, I think it was two weeks ago, where he just rolled out and went right to Cole Komet on a tiptoe catch in the corner of the end zone. So, I mean, they have that connection. That's what you're looking for out of a mid-range tight end. I think we've talked about, uh, I didn't mention this in the top end section, but I think it's a two tight end week in cash. I'm probably going to have Njoku and Trey McBride in my cash lineup as of right now. I think their target volume is just too high for their price. Uh, but if I do pay down for a guy, it's Cole Komet. Yeah, I like I like Cole Komet at, at 45. Man, I'm, I'm, I'm letting you know right now, Jeff. That's a lot of bear touting from a Green Bay Packer fan, man. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, you haven't been on the show much this year. He's been touting the, the Vikings as well a couple of times. I do. And the Lions, too. I just, yep. it's made money for me. So I'm going to keep going back to the well. Yeah. Just try and take my Packer hat off sometimes. <laughs> yep, absolutely. I'm uh, a Raiders fan. So I, I, I don't rave. There's nobody there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the only other guy I listed in my mid tier besides Cole Komet was, uh, was Tucker Craft uh, at 3.7 at Carolina. Yeah. Um, I had thought when I saw that Luke Musgrave was cleared <laughs> to play, I assumed that he was going to play, but it turns out that he's not going to play. So it will be uh, Tucker Craft again. Uh, this week as the only tight end, and I, I do think he has some viability, especially with all the injuries or potential injuries we have with the receiving core there. I think at one point, all four of the starters were all listed as questionable. Uh, we've gotten a little bit more clarity now as the week has gone on, but I do think he's still viable at 3.7 versus Carolina. All right, let's move down. Hey, Jamie. Move down. Jamie, you need to put that bundle down. The Browns aren't making a Super Bowl, bud. <laughs> Uh, let's move down into the value tier here, and uh, it looks like uh, Gerson has Tucker Craft already. So we talked about him. So Tim, yeah, talk about, so, talk I mean, about Otten. I uh, yeah, I just put Kate Otten just to have somebody in my value tier. Uh, we talked about we we like we like Baker this week. You know, I could see a situation where he goes you know six for sixty and a touchdown and ends up you know tying the highest tight end on slate or allows you to get up to the guy Gerson's going to talk about later. So I mean. I don't love this play. I would not be highly exposed to this play, but I'm probably going to have maybe 10% K. Dotton. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing about my value guy, too. I think this is a week where you're at least paying mid-tier uh, or higher for your tight end, but I put uh, yeah. put uh, Chiga Quanquo, uh versus Seattle at 3.1. He's been he's been decent. He hasn't been great. Uh, he's been he's been at least paying off his his low salary at three point one. So if you need the savings, he's a he's viable. Uh, but I think the lowest I'm paying for a tight end is probably three point seven for Tucker Craft. Um, mm-hmm. I have a lot of commit, but I'm probably going to pay up in more of the elite tier this week. So agreed. All right, those are the tight ends. Let's get to the running backs. It's time for running backs. <laughs> running backs. And I'm going to do it again. We're going to get the double drop. Lock, lock it in. All right, so my lock of the week, uh, I think Gerson mentioned him earlier when he was talking about Baker. Mr. Rashad White uh, is a pass-catching running back out of the backfield. Now, if you look at DVOA, which I do a lot of times, Jacksonville actually shows pretty well versus DVOA. They're actually ranked, I think, sixth uh, versus the run. However, uh, they give up the most pass attempts to running backs at 8.5 and the third most yards to running backs. So, uh, that is a you know a potential for some checkdowns for Rashad White. Um, so I, I do like Rashad White this week at seven point four, which is ironic. I think he's the highest priced running back on the slate. That he, he goes, is. How weird yeah. is that? Yeah, it goes to show you how many good players or good teams are on other uh, slates. They're not on the main slate. So uh, Rashad White at seven point four, I think, could catch six, seven passes this week and and, and easily pay off his seven point four salary. Uh, so yeah, he's he is my lock of the week. Uh, Tim, what do you got for your uh, your elite level tier here? 
Yeah, I like that white call because I was not real sure about him. My first read on this running back slate is that it's just ugly, mm-hmm. right? There's no uh, Christian McCaffrey, right? Kyron Williams played last night. Like a lot of the guys I like to play week in and week out are not on the slate. And then the first guy I put on my list makes me almost want to vomit because <laughs> he put up one less than one DraftKings point last week, and that's B. John Robinson. Man, this guy has just been getting Arthur Smith all year long, but I feel like this could be the week. Uh, he's done much better at home this year. All of his big games have come at home. And we all think, oh, Carolina gives up so many touchdowns to running backs. Well, Indianapolis, the Colts, give up only one less, 20 touchdowns this year to running backs. So we've seen a lot of his production come on the ground, but obviously through those touchdowns, this could be a Bijan week. Um, he's probably one of my favorite running backs this week. Yeah, and there was a, a, a narrative I heard on a podcast um, the last time that Arthur Smith has gotten some really strong words in the media about his usage of his star players, he went, he went back to it the next week. Yeah. So yeah. I, that's, that's definitely something that's a potential for that here. Uh, Gerson, is your laptop up yet? Do you know who you have in your elite here? Yeah. yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Um, so, I mean, Jonathan Taylor to me is, uh, my favorite player this week, uh, running back. I know people might not like him, uh, cause of the matchup. I'm not too worried. Um, Atlanta ranked ninth and over in adjusted uh, points, but they're a tough matchup. But the game environment is what I want. And Jonathan Taylor is going to get 15 opportunities, you know, or more. Uh, Zach Moss is questionable. I don't know yeah. the latest on him, but it's likely if he's out, then he's not going to. They're not going to go to Trey Sermon or what's the other guy named Goodson or something like that. Yeah, um, they're, they're going to go to Jonathan Taylor. I mean. Um, I don't, I, was it his hand, his thumb, or was it? Thumb, I can't thumb, remember. Yeah. yeah, his thumb. So I'm not too worried. I mean, I'm sure he's going to be fine. I mean, they wouldn't throw him out there if he wasn't healthy, right? Um, but I give me Jonathan Taylor. The price is just ridiculous. 7200 like we talked about the most expensive running back with Richard White. I mean, seeing Jonathan Taylor that's cheaper than that yeah. is even yeah. more insane. Cause I think he can get 20, 20 uh, opportunities, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But so I want Jonathan Taylor. He's going to be one of my uh, core plays at the at the elite running back. But again, Rashad White's a great play. I, I'm I'm probably going to have a lot of Rashad White. So bad prop to well, Jeff only beat me to the cheat. That's why he got him. <laughs> uh, so one thing, real quick, on that Atlanta Falcons defense, and I, I had talked to Tim about this before too. There's a tweet that I, I I saw that the Falcons since Week Ten. Uh, have a league high as far as run funnel defense. Their league high 55% run rate against them since week 10. Uh, so they look good on paper for the year, uh, but they haven't been as good over the past couple of weeks. Now, granted, Tim pointed out that they haven't allowed a lot of touchdowns, uh, which is true. So you have to be careful of that. Uh, but teams are running on the Atlanta Falcons of late. So that's something to keep in mind when you're looking at JT uh, and the usage that he's going to get. If, you know, with Zach Moss potentially being out, that's going to be a big, big boost to him. So, uh, Tim, I don't know if you put him on your sheet because you wanted to hear the drop with Gerson or not, but let me go ahead and hit that drop. You know it. Yeah, you know me well. I had to have King Henry on the sheet with with Gerson on the show. Uh, but the Seahawks, which started off the season pretty good against the run, have become terrible, now averaging more than four and a half yards per carry, and they've allowed 19 touchdowns, which is tied for third in the league. So we know Derrick Henry is the most game-script-dependent uh, game running back in the NFL. Uh, so if the Titans can keep this close, I believe they're running out Ryan Tannehill this week, right? So yeah. if they are a- able to keep it tight, uh, you know, that I think that sets up good for Henry. Some people are saying since the season's over, they're going to play Spears. But uh, I think that, you know, he's they're going to let him go out on a high note uh, with this team. And they're going to let him have one last D. Hember to remember uh, this weekend. So 6,800. Yeah, that's a good I'm call. In. I like that one. I just made that up on the spot, by the way. What's that? <laughs> D. Hember to D. remember? D. Hember to remember. Yeah, <laughs> I like it. Um, all right, I'll kick off the mid-tier here, and I will go with a guy that, uh, honestly, on paper, I don't love it. Um, I love his opportunities and his price, 
because uh, we're not getting that free square running back this week that we have in the That's past true. couple. So at 5.5, the guy that I call Devin single carry uh, <laughs> is is viable. I believe he had 31 opportunities yeah, last week. And uh, at 5.5, if you're getting 31 opportunities, I, you're going to be viable. I know it's a tough matchup versus versus Cleveland, um, but like I said, without that free square running back, I think that he is definitely viable in play at 5.5. So he's my, my one of my mid tier guys that I love. Yeah, we saw last week with Case Keenum, they did not really trust him to throw the ball. It was just giving Devin Singletary as much volume as he could possibly get. And poor Damian Pierce is now behind Daria Gubawale, who had previously worked as a kicker in relief. So, I mean, that just shows you how bad it is out there for Damian Pierce, man. So I love Mm -hmm. that Singletary call. Um, I think he's a good pivot off the guy that I think will be the chalkiest running back on the slate. And that's Ty Chandler. He had 26 touches last week with Madison out. Uh, I think last I looked, he was questionable to play, but they've already come out and said, like, they're going to run Ty Chandler. And I think, you know, it's not a great matchup against Detroit, but at 5,600, you know, talking about volume, uh, right now he projects, at least uh, for me, as the highest touch per dollar running back on the slate, which means he'll obviously project very well for cash. Yep, absolutely. And uh, shout out to NBA Rigged, who just uh, wished us a Merry Christmas. Appreciate that, guy. And thanks for tuning in. Um, Gerson, you got another mid-tier guy that I like as well, uh, Brees Hall. Yeah, I mean, Brees Hall is all about opportunities, right? And, um, uh, well, what's his name? Zach Wilson's out, right? He's not playing. Yeah, it's, right? it's Simeon, yeah. Yeah, it's Simeon. I don't think they're going to rely on Simeon uh, to close this game out. It's against them. It's so funny because I saw a graphic that said Washington defense for the shittiest offense, the yes. defense. Yes. You know, it's like that's like so sad, dude. Like I'm, I'm, I'm like when I play practice, I think I'm gonna hit all the under for one side and all the over for the other side. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but uh, Brees Hall to me, it, it, his price is just, just just the right range I want him at. I think the ownership right now, I think he's coming in at almost. A Brees, a Brees Hall, he's coming in at 29%. So he's going to be the second highest owned running back next to Ty Chandler. I mean, the, the core running backs are going to be Ty Chandler, Brees Hall, and Richard White. Those three running backs, a lot of people are going to have. Obviously, what you want to do with your flex, it's on you. But those three guys are going to be the, probably the most popular ones because you're going to try to fit other players. And we'll talk about if the wide receiver position. I mean, like, I mean, there's those, that, that Miami game, you want to stack yeah. that. But Brees Hall is 6.1K versus Washington, one of the worst defense. If not, it is the worst defense in the league, right, I believe. Uh, obviously, they're ranked 32nd. Yeah. Um, so give me Brees Hall. I, right now, I have him actually projected for 18 points. So that's pretty good for mm-hmm. 6.1. That's almost three times value, basically. So give me Brees Hall. I don't, I don't see them relying on Trevor Simeon to no. carry them or – you know, that they're, they're going to have to figure out a way to play defense and just run the ball down their throat. And that's what the Jets are kind of made out of, you know. They they know what they're doing with. This is this is what they have, you know. I mean, Aaron Rodgers over there holding a the clipboard for the first time in his life, and he hates it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, I, li- I like that. I like that call a lot, too. And, uh, Tim, you have one more guy, and then the guy that I have left, I want to talk to you about to see what your feelings on him are. I know he's, he's one of your boys, so I want to talk with, I added him late to the sheet, but go ahead and talk about Chuba. So talking about taking my Packer hat off, man, I really like Chuba Hubbard this week. And I think he's a great pivot off Tyson Chandler chalk. Um, he is taking over that job in Carolina and Miles Sanders, who, uh, and we know the Packers are a run funnel. Uh, they've been torn up by every running back they face. They gave up like 36 DraftKings points to Jalen Warren and Najee Harris. Uh, the only running back this year to have a bad game against the Packers has been Austin Eckler. So I really like Chuba Hubbard. I know the Panthers are terrible, uh, but they showed last week that they will give him 20 plus touches. And again, he's 5,700. I, you know, especially we'll talk about this. When we get the wide receivers. The Packers are missing a lot of their wide receivers this week. I think that they're going to really struggle to move the ball. And this game could be kept close, which favors Chuba Hubbard. Yeah. Good call. Dude, I know I have a fever, but you guys just mentioned two names, and I'm, like, getting even hotter. You're, like, <laughs> Chuba Hubbard and Devin Singletary. Like, yeah. dude, I don't know if I can play those guys, man. But it's an ugly week. Yeah, nine-game slate's tough. 
So, Tim, the guy I, I wanted to ask you about, of course, is your boy Aaron Jones, who had 17 opportunities last week, 6.7. Uh, mm-hmm. He gets a matchup with the Carolina Panthers, who we played running backs against them pretty much all season. What are your thoughts on Jones this week? I really like him. I didn't have him on my sheet because I didn't want to be that, uh, you know, I had to only talk about one Packer this week. But, yeah, I, I think last week they they kind of was his first week back, and they still, you know, gave him, like you said, 16 touches. I think they said that they are full confident that he's 100% or the closest to 100% that he's been, and they're going to give him all the touches he can handle. As I talked about a minute ago, Carolina gives up the most touchdowns to running backs in the league. Uh, with all the wide receiver injuries, I expect them to lean heavily on the running game this week. Um, you know, we'll, we'll talk about it in a minute, but the the defensive coordinator has taken a lot of heat this week, Joe Barry, and I think they're going to play tight defense. Bryce Young has been so, so bad this year. Uh, they're going to play defense and run the ball, and we could realistically see that game, though, being, you know, like a you know 14-17 kind yeah. of game. And the only thing that scares me is if he's not getting a ton of receptions, he could end the game with 20 carries for 80 yards and yep. realistically give you an eight. Yep. hundred percent. And the reason I like him so much too, is he's in that little spot where, you know, if you're, if you're paying up, you know, you're paying up with 7.4, you know, Rashad white, 7.2 Jonathan Taylor, um, or you're paying that mid tier where you're getting the 5.6, 5.5, 6.1. Whereas Aaron Jones is in that 6.7. So he's in that sweet spot where I think he's going to be a little bit lower owned where people are either going to be paying up or paying down and they'll skip over him. So you can get him super low owned in tournaments. Um, and if he gets the full workload, I think he can be really good in this game. All right, let's move down into the value tier here. And we all have uh, one of the same guys here. So Gerson, why don't you give us uh, a little bit about Antonio Gibson? Yeah, I mean, be uh, be done. Brian Robinson's not going to play, right? I'm pretty no, sure he's out. He's ruled he's out. out. Um, we basically know when Brian Robinson or anybody doesn't play. The only thing that can stop Antonio Gibson from producing is Antonio Gibson fumbling. Yep. So that's the only thing we can ever worry about. We know the talent is there. Um, it's just once he gets the opportunity, he has produced. And they're going to have to... Uh, the Jets defense is really good. Like they're gonna shut down the wide receivers. So mm-hmm. like they're gonna rely on Gibson. They're gonna do screen passes. They're gonna do obviously Gibson's not the best runner, but they're gonna use them a lot in different ways. I can't see them throwing the ball to uh Sauce Gardner, you know, with Kerry McLaurin or uh well Jahan Dawson's dead to me, so <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. I'm done with that guy. That guy trash, man. Dead. Like he's dead dude. to Howell too, I think. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. But his price is just so cheap too, 5.2k. I mean, there's to me, there's not really like I like I said, I think we're all gonna live and die in the cheer of what Chandler at five point six, you know? Yeah. But if you wanna get if you need to save four hundred dollars for some reason, Gibson's the guy. Yeah. And he's gonna get the opportunity. But I'm telling you right now, you can be ready for a, a six point game from him yep. so it's a great gpb player you better watch out yep agreed. yeah agreed and that's pretty much the only value guy we had i did have uh charbonnet uh, listed there originally but uh, it looks like uh, kenneth walker is going to play uh so yeah. I, I don't like him as much at five thousand. so let's move down to the receivers and now wide receivers and I was going to hit the double drop, but uh, Gerson looks like he stepped away for a second. So, uh, Tim, talk about one of your receivers here. Yeah, Gerson talked about it at the top of the show. Uh, the return of Tyreek Hill, I think, is probably the biggest storyline, at least to me, on this slate. Uh, last week, they said he was almost ready to go, but they held him out. Uh, now, it's, you know, it's all systems go. So, uh, you talked about it. The Cowboys run the most man defense in the league. And they also run the most cover one when they play zone. Uh, it's just going to be a Tyreek special. So assuming he is 100%, man, it is. Uh, we talked the other stat I had all year is that he averages 30 points in games against non-division opponents. So he's 9,600. It's obviously expected at that price. But, I mean, we'll talk about it. But I don't, you know, week in and week out, it's especially with no Christian McCaffrey on the slate. Yeah. Like. Who else has that 40-point upside? But I think there's one other guy we're going to talk about. Yeah, and I'll hit the drop now that Gerson's back. Lock Lock it it in. All right, Gerson, talk about your boy. Yeah, fake-ass wide receiver one, Justin (laughs) Jefferson. Uh, He's back. I mean, and he's cheap. 
He's cheaper than he ever been. The last time he was eighty one hundred was last year, week one. Mm. So we're getting a nine hundred dollar discount right here, man. Yeah. So I mean, basically, we know we we see the plays: Tyreek, Jefferson, CD Lamb. Those are the three guys that can probably break their slate. I don't really see someone that's gonna break like a CMC level type. Slate breaker besides those three guys. Maybe if that game goes bonker, you know, the quarterback might, you know, whatever. But dude, eighty one hundred for Justin <laughs> Jefferson. I mean, the guy he he could have been a top five schedule adjusted matchup against opposing outside wide receivers since week ten. And the second highest total of the game to the slate. I mean, I'm gonna have I'm gonna have a lot of further to this game. I think this is the game that people people are gonna go to the Miami game. I'm gonna go more to this game, and I know I usually I usually tout this a lot too. I don't like playing rivalry games, like you know, like being overexposed because they play each yeah. other more than and they know each other more than any, any other team, right? Yeah. But if you look at like the match, I think it was earlier this year. I know it was earlier this year because I won like two grand off it in prize pick. But that game went to a shootout, and um. I expect a shootout in this game, and playoff implications are very important right now. Detroit is trying to make the playoff, obviously. Yeah. Minnesota is trying to make the playoff, too. I don't know how they're going to make it, but somehow something's going to happen. Nick <laughs> Mullen, dude. But Nick Mullen's not scared to launch it, dude. That guy is launching it like no other. Like, he has nothing to lose. Yeah. What is he going to lose? His job? Yeah. Okay. You know? Yeah. Yep. But, and he has a lot of, he throws for a lot of air yard. I believe he had over. I think it was like 54% air yards on the last week for Jefferson. And he's finally, he's he barely getting healthy, guys. Like, it's kind of hard coming back from like a, what, was it six weeks he was gone? And then he came back and got hurt again and went to the hospital. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, and then he went right back, he, and then he went yeah, right back to 10 targets last week. Yep. Like, yep. the one thing you can say yeah, about Nick targets. Mullins is he knows who to throw the ball to, right? He had 10 targets for Justin Jefferson, yep. seven targets for TJ Hawkinson, six targets for Jordan Madison. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, you know, like it's like Brock Purdy, like you know, poor man's Brock Purdy, right? <laughs> yes. Like just get the ma- get the ball to your playmakers and let them do what they do. Agreed, hundred percent. Uh, let's see. Well, I'll go to one of my elite guys here, and th- this is like a good story. Uh, and the reason why I put him on here too is we all saw the hit that uh, Michael Pittman took and expected, you know, the worst with this guy. Not only did he get up and walk off the field after that hit, he is back a week later uh, at seven point four versus Atlanta. So. Uh, Pittman has been absolutely uh, uh, smashed all year long. I mean, he's, a monster. Been, he's been a monster. Yeah. To, you know, he he finally broke out. You know, if you if you play season long fantasy, he he he. This is his breakout season. Uh, he's yeah, done he, it with, he, doing it with Minshew at seven point four. I think he's definitely in play uh, at Atlanta this week. So uh, I love me some Pittman. Uh, yeah, I know nobody cares about season long, but on the one league I, I'm in the semifinals, I really care about, man. I have Pittman. I've been sweating that all week yeah. long. And when I saw he was cleared, bro, I was so happy because I was like thinking, do I have to play Zay, Zay Flowers against this 49ers on Monday night Oof. and worry about? Yeah, that was the other alternative. Though. Yeah, uh, I'll talk about the guy that I, I really like this week, and that's DJ Moore. I've talked how much I like the Bears. Gerson's going to make me turn in my Packer card, but I feel like if you're playing Justin Fields, you're playing DJ Moore, yeah. right? If he has a, a a route to a 40 point week, right? He's having 300 plus yards and, you know, three or four touchdowns. And you're hoping that DJ Moore is 100 plus and two. Um, that's really what you need because we've talked about the upside of Tyreek Hill, the upside of Justin Jefferson. Like if DJ Moore gets you a 22, like that's great in cash, but you're not winning shit with that in tournaments. So uh, you really need one of those high end weeks this week. But, uh, yeah, I, I think he can do it. We've seen him do it. I mean, he had a 50-point game. I know it was against Washington, but, I mean, Arizona's, like, with 31st DVOA. Yeah, so it's like they might as well. They're, they're like Washington light anyway. Yeah, so 100%. if he gets me a 44.7, I will take it. <laughs> 100%. All right, I'm just going to mention the last couple of guys we have in the elite level so we can move down to the mid-tier. Uh, Mike Evans, 7.6. Tim has him. I think he's viable. Of course, we mentioned Baker Mayfield. Uh, CD Lamb and you know the highest total on the game on the slate, so I think that he's definitely in play. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown can't say anything bad about him either, he's been super solid all year long. Uh, so let's move down into the mid tier Gerson. Give me one of your mid tier receivers here. 
Hold on, I'm just trying to create an all Barrett draft team roster for Terrence. Ger- <laughs> Gerson, you know? that's funny because Gerson has the entire mid tier on his list. <laughs> uh, so my mid tier. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Uh, so DK Metcalf, uh, I'm going to go over expose on him. He's probably going to be one of my highest targeted uh, wide receivers for sure. His price is just uh, mid-range, like his, what, 6.7? But yeah. we've seen DK have big games. I think in this game against Tennessee, I mean, Tennessee pass defense is horrendous. I mean, I think they rank 30th. So I'm going to, hello? Yep. Uh, so I'm gonna target DK. I'm hoping Gino plays though. Like I want Gino over. Gino's playing. Um, yeah. He's definitely okay. Playing. I want Gino over Drew Locke because he's gonna get peppered with a lot of targets. Um, his ownership is not even that high either. It's only like 13. percent So I expected it to be higher. And for me, I think last week he should have had a bigger game. He just didn't get targeted until like later, late, 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 late in the game. I'm like, dude, like yeah. come on, man. But he, there's no one that's going to stop him on Tennessee. I'm going to have exposure to him. I think he's just that mid-tier, kind of like what you did, did earlier on, Jeff, where Aaron Jones is right there, you know? Yep. I mean, yeah. DK, DK is right there, and then you can go up to, like, you know, other guys and, like, DJ Moore, uh, Calvin Ridley, or go down to Calvin Ridley. Um, but I think I'm just going to be overexposed on him. I don't think it's – I mean, it might pay off. It might not pay off, but – for me, DK is my, my my guy this week. I mean, obviously, I didn't pick him up the lock of the week, so I'm I'm a, I'm a poser. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I'll I'll go next here, and I'll take and I and I literally wrote this on the sheet. Insert Green Bay wide receiver. Uh, it's basically whoever plays, right? I think Christian Watson is doubtful. I think he's definitely going to be missing the, missing the game. So uh, I think Dobbs is there. Obviously, uh, you know, Dontavian Wicks is in there. Uh, Jaden Reed, we played a couple times this past couple weeks, so I, I think any of those receivers are going to be viable uh, to play. So if obviously if if Watson's out, I think all three of the guys are viable. If another guy ends up being out as well, uh, then the two that are left over plus Tucker Crafts will be in the mix as well. So pick a receiver that you like. Uh, if it's Jaden Reed, if it's if it's Dobbs, if it's you know Wicks, whatever the three you want to pick, just pick one and, and play them. I think they're going to be good this week. Uh, Tim, what you got? Yeah, I'm going to go back to Drake London this week at 5,100. Yeah, baby. Uh, he had a tough week last week against Carolina, but we talk about they are a heavy run funnel. And now he gets a matchup against the Indianapolis Colts, which are pretty even uh, middle of the pack against running backs. But his volume for 5,100 is solid. Uh, other than last week, he had three targets previous to that, 11 targets, five t- targets, seven targets in three weeks before that. So. Uh, we know Desmond Ritter or there is out, right? They're going back to Tyler Heineke. Yep. Uh, so, you know, we know, like you said, gunslinger, right? He wears four for a reason. Uh, he likes to throw the ball, and I think he's going to be throwing it a lot to Drake London. And then to go back to your narrative from earlier, uh, every time Arthur Smith gets shit, he goes back to his stars the next week. So, uh, but anyway, I think this is going to be a, I mean, the one thing that surprised me this week is the Falcons had a pretty decent total on a weird slate, right? Yeah. With only nine games. They're projected for 23 points. Yep. Right. So, I mean, where is it going to go? Right. It's going to go to Bijan and it's going to go. It's up to actually a 23.75. So it's going to go to Bijan. It's going to go to Drake London. Yep. I feel like all the uh, Colts game recently, like the last six weeks or so, have been shootouts. Like last week it was uh, the the Bengals, was it? Yeah. It It was the Bengals, right? Um, and then the week before, I can't remember who it was, but every single time they're in a game, I mean, I don't know if it's because Jonathan Taylor being out, they have to shoot out more because they can't. Well, Zach Moss is running pretty well, too. So, I mean, I just feel like that defense is vulnerable. So, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I forgot to mention that over the last few weeks, they've been one of the highest teams in the league in terms of points given up over expected by Vegas. So, this week, the point the uh, over under moved two and a half points. Right. So Vegas is thinking the same thing you are, G, that this game's going to be more of a shootout than was originally prepared. So yeah. in, in DFS this week, we got a question from NBA Rigged. Do you prefer Bijan or JT in DFS? <sighs> I'm going JT. It, yeah, I think it's JT and Cash for sure, but I think I like Bijan better in tournaments. In tournaments, yeah. Yeah. Good call. Good call. I just can't trust Arsene Smith. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's tough. It's I tough. totally get that. <laughs> yeah. There's no debate about JT. He's going to get the work. <laughs> All right, I'm going to mention a couple guys that we have in the mid tier that we didn't talk about yet. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, both me and Gerson uh, have D Hop at six point one. 
Uh, Tyler Lockett at four at five point six. We actually with with the cover boy. Yeah, he's the cover boy. He's the he's the week sixteen cover boy at five point six. Uh, you have Garrett Wilson as well, Gerson, and then Calvin Ridley. Do you have Calvin Ridley? Do you like him as much with Bethard under uh, under center? Or do you? No, I should have cropped that off as soon as I I saw Lock. Uh, yeah, because I was on Ridley as well, and so I thought it was Bethard. I was like, yeah, I'm not so, yeah. so keen on Ridley anymore. I mean, he is six point three k, so he's not that expensive, so you can probably just play him. But uh, like I said, that game environment is very interesting. I think it can be a game that can probably shoots out. You know, I agree. I mean, we've yeah. seen CJ Bethard just freaking. Chuck the ball too. He's like Nick Mullen. They're just gonna chuck the ball. Yep, agreed. All right, let's move down into the uh, value tier. And Gerson, you only have one receiver listed in your value tier, so go ahead and talk about him. Yeah, it's Michael Wilson. I mean, not a lot of people even know who he is. I guess right, unless you played Dynasty or unless you played him in DFS when he became a value. Uh, but we got the news that Marquise Brown is out. Out. So. I mean, Michael Wilson, his price is cheap. He's 3.7K, I believe it's 3.8. What is it? 3.7K. 3.7. Uh, facing Chicago. Chicago's defense is pretty stout. Uh, yeah. In the last, I believe, since they got Monte Sweat, they've been dominant. Like, yeah. they've just been wailing on people. Like, but I think Michael Wilson's going to get peppered with Target. Um, a little short midget guy is going to be running. Oop, I don't know if I can say that. <laughs> uh, it's, it's late. No one's yeah. watching. <laughs> yeah um yeah he's gonna be there somewhere and he gonna just throw the ball to michael wilson michael wilson actually has like he, he he's not small yeah. he's a pretty six foot three boy. i think like i think he's 20 i think yeah, 30 i mean he, he he's a big target i mean kyler loves throwing to bigger targets i bet i mean everything's bigger for him but um <laughs> yeah just 3.7k very cheap um i'll say this there were other value at wide receiver that I saw, but there's a lot of them that I just can see that are landmine. Yeah, 100%. You know? I mean, the only one I can say that I love other than Michael Wilson is JSN, but he's 4.5K. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yep. Tim, talk about yeah, I agree with that. Talk about one of yeah. your. I, I do. I Well, the one thing you talked about Packers wide receivers is you didn't touch on is uh, Malik Heath. Uh, if all those guys are out, I think he's viable at 3.2. Uh, he was going to be my sick call, but then I thought that, you know, like Packers wide receiver is just like a fill-in because we have no idea who's going to play. Right. Um, I've mentioned every other bear, so I might as well throw out Darnold Mooney. <laughs> but the reason I want to mention it more than anything is because of the fail Mary from last week. That was probably my favorite clip last week. The ball literally hit him in the chest in the end zone, and he and he dropped it. Like, I I, I wouldn't have slept that night or for like three nights afterwards. They had no business winning that game, and they almost won that game. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I agree with Gerson, though. I, I think the low end on this slate is is uh, terrible for wide receiver. Um, I, I, I'm a big fan of the balanced lineups this week in general. Yeah. Right. Like you're gonna have, you know, you're gonna have to pay up for like your, you know, Tyreek Hill and Ceedee Lamb and some of those guys in tournaments. But uh, my favorite builds this week have all been like in the five to seventy five hundred range. Balanced. Yep, I yeah. like it. Hey, hey, Tim, I'm just, I'm just filling out my roster, but you're obviously playing a bad defense, right? I mean, I mean, I mean I'm just jumping forward. I want to put my submit already. <laughs> it's, it's not my, my cash defense. Well, I do have it in tournaments. Yeah, it, it, he's listed on there. Um, all right, so I, I will talk about JSN a little bit. Of course, he was the, he was the hero last week with the game-winning touchdown. But if you look at the last game he played with Geno Smith, he had 11 targets. Uh, so I think that you know with Geno back, I think JSN gets more targets at 4.5. He's he's definitely in play for me. Uh, I too had Michael Wilson. Um, I also put Parker Washington on there. He was kind of a hero of a couple weeks ago. Uh, last week didn't do a whole lot, but he did have six targets still. Uh, he didn't do a whole. Uh, I called him. You're not gonna give me credit. You you got credit. Yeah. yeah, you're on there. You just were on the show the next week, but yeah, you did call it. You got Parker Washington. Um, but yeah, at at uh, 3.8, I think he's he's in a price range where you can you pay for him if you want to as well. All right, let's, let's get to I, this. I will say this, Jeff, <laughs> since we're now in week 16, looking at the sheet, the guests have done much better at sick calls than we have. Yeah, they definitely have. <laughs> it's not even close. Yeah. Like, it's like two to one advantage. Yeah. I, um, yeah, it's, it's bad. <laughs> all right, let's go ahead and get to the defense. Defense, 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 defense. All right, Tim, kick us off here. 
I'm not going to talk about the Bears for once. Uh, I'm going to talk about the Tampa. I'm going to talk about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, to me, this one basically became a free square at defense when they said, you know, Trevor Lawrence. I know he's questionable, uh, but you know, nobody's cleared concussion protocol in a week except for apparently Michael Pittman. But no quarterbacks have done it anyway. Yeah, uh, we're all expecting C.J. Beathard to start this game, and even though he is a gunslinger, that also means he's going to make some mistakes. And at 2,600, they're just too good of a, a value to pass up. Um, we talked about a lot of guys you want to pay up for, you know, generally we pay down at defense for, especially for teams that can get pressure on the quarterback, which we know the Buccaneers can. Uh, so I think they're just, you know, they're too good of a play in cash to pass up. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, I will throw one out there that, um, that I looked at is getting some ownership. And I think it's kind of a pivot off of that. Cause it's another cheap defense. Uh, and that's the Miami Dolphins uh, with, you know, playing, you know, Dak Prescott. And, you know, he didn't look good on the road last week against Buffalo. I know it was, it was, no. it was you know, bad weather and we expect it to be, you know, warm and sunny in, in, in Miami. But, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't put it past him at 2.7. I think there's still a chance that Dak goes out there and can struggle a little bit. So uh, the Dolphins, I'll throw them out there as a, as a pivot in some tournaments if you don't want to play the Chalk Buccaneers at 2.6. So 100 bucks more, you can get the Dolphins. Gerson, what you got for your defense? So, obviously, we know the Chalk defense is going to be the Jets defense and the Bears defense. Um, but I think the defense I really want to – because like I, I, I always try to stay at defense, right? You guys know me. I don't really pay up for defense. I just kind of go with the value and then fill out my rosters at more tight end values and defense value, and then I fill in my roster. Um, but one defense that really stood out for me – and Tim mentioned them early on. I mean, like, the Panthers defense. I think while everybody's going to be playing, I mean, they're the cheapest, obviously, 2.4K, but we've seen Jordan Love be erratic at times. Yeah. Um, I mean, he fumbled the ball, throws an interception, and this is, a, to me, more of a price pivot, you know? If I want to save an extra, uh, what, what are the Jets, like 3100 yep. That's $700 difference, you know? Um, I mean, the defense that Tim called out, though, it's not that much expensive than what they are right now for them. So, But uh, I'm going with the Panthers defense more for ownership and um, price. But Panthers defense. But the other one was also the Vikings defense. Um, I think Vikings defense is very underrated this year. Uh, a lot of people, they know they're good, but they just overlook them, you know? Yep. And I think golf on the road. This is on the road, right? I'm, I'm pretty yeah, sure yeah. it is. It is on the road. On yeah. the road. We know golf is bad on the road. Obviously, he does have an advantage with uh, indoor. So, but yeah. the thing is that Vikings defense at home against golf on the road. Now, I, I can see a couple of interceptions. What's up? I said I will point out too that I heard this stat on a podcast, and I meant to mention it when we talked about quarterbacks because we didn't talk about Jared Goff. Uh, so the Vikings run a lot of cover two, and they blitz more than any other uh, team in the NFL, and. Teams that play cover two, Jared Goff is ranked 34th out of 35 uh, eligible quarterbacks against wow. cover two. So that is something you need to look at there with the Vikings defense for sure. Uh, and the reason why I'm not playing golf, I know people think, oh, he's, he's in the dome, he'll play well. Uh, the Vikings, because they blitz so much and play cover two, I, I'm actually not in on golf. But the Vikings defense is a good call. I like it. Yeah, one thing I'll mention about the Panthers defense, which I like that call. I talked about how I think. Jordan Love could struggle this week is you're I'm building a lot of lineups where I'm like a hundred dollars over every time when using the bucks. And I feel like rather than messing with the rest of the lineup, just pivoting down to Panthers just makes so much sense. So I, I really like that call. Yeah. Good stuff. All right, guys, let's get to our stacks. Going for two.com's weekly stack report. So my original stack, and Tim always gets to the sheet before me, was the, the, the stack that Tim has. So uh, I'll let you go first here, Tim. And of course, if you didn't already know what his stack was, you haven't been watching the show. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, have you been paying attention? Uh, Tim is taking off his Packer hat this week and playing all the Bears. Uh, Justin Fields, DJ Moore for sure, running it back with Trey McBride. And then I'll mix in some uh, Cole Komet and Darnell Mooney. Yeah. Definitely. I, I like that. I like that sack as well. That was where I was going to go with until I saw you already had it. Gerson, what I you got? I can imagine Green Bay Packer fan doing that whole meme to, to him like, boo, this man, boo. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we're going to see. Yeah, we're going to see a little, little Bears logo in the background next week. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, yeah, my stack, I mean, I, we talked about this game a lot today, and obviously my lock of the week with Justin Jefferson. I'm going to go with it, it, a cheaper stack for, like, quarterback, right? Because Moen, Addison, Jefferson, and ASB. But um, to me, I just want to target his game environment. I think it can shoot out a little bit. I don't like the golf side as much, right. like Jared Goff. But I think he's going to have to play uh, catch-up. And we've seen, I mean, the, the Lions' offense, is, they're very versatile. Like, they can run the ball very well. Obviously, they can pass the ball very well. But it's all dependent on golf, how he plays, you know. Yeah. But the running game will get the ball moving. I'm just hoping for it to shoot out like it did last time. And last time, I mean, Kirk Cousins was there. And obviously, he's not there now. But Moen, he's not afraid to swing it. Yep. Um, the second, this is the second best game environment. I'm going to have a, a lot of exposure to it. But I will mention a guy probably later uh, that you can rotate with ASB. I'm, I'm on Ross St. Brown. But you got to have balls to play him sometimes. Yeah, I, I, I like him as well, the guy you're talking about. So we'll get to him in just a minute. So my stack is a little bit untraditional. You know, typically we go quarterback, you know, pick a receiver, two receivers, and get a comeback. I'm going to go with a running back defense stack and i'm going with rashad white who's my lock of the week and then using the bucks defense as the you know the chalk defense it's gonna be a pretty chalky stack i think it'll be pretty popular uh but uh as far as stacks go this week i had a hard time finding one that i like so i went with the running back defensive stack this week all right let's get to our sick calls and now the sick call of the week so, Gerson, the, since you are the the one that basically started the sick call, and the last time you were on the show, you were sick, and you picked a sick call, and uh, uh, you're sick again. So, I, I guess we yeah, just got to have you on whenever you're sick. So, give us uh, your sick call of the week. So, and like I said, I'm targeting the Viking game. I was kind of shocked to see the price of Jamison William at 3700 man. I thought he was at least going to be like 4500 Maybe 4,500, you know? He had career highs but, and everything last week. I think targets, yeah. receptions, everything. And we know the talent he has. He's just a knucklehead, you know? Like, when he's out there, he, he kind of reminds me of George Pickens. Him and George Pickens are, like, lazy. Like, Jamison has all the talent in the world, but I just don't know what's going on. Like, he can't put it all together. But I think little by little, he's starting to put it together. Uh, 3.7K. If you switch him out for ASB, uh, which is Amon Ross and Brown, obviously that stack is cheaper and it'll allow you to pay up in other places. But again, Jamison William is one of those guys that can go one reception, seven yards. Yeah. So, and yeah. One thing I will say on Jamison Williams in the narrative that he's, you know, like George Pickens, in that last game, you saw a little bit more of improvement. That long run, I want to say it was Montgomery that had that really long run. Jamison Williams was all the way down the field blocking for him. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, he was literally 30, 40, 50 yards downfield blocking, and he actually took out one of the guys to allow him to get into the end zone. So I he's mean, so fast, too. Like, he's, he's yeah. so fast. Like, he has all the talent. Like, we saw it at Alabama, and now, like, we, we, we see it on the Lions. We're like, dude, they invested in you, yeah. and now you're doing this. Yeah, I think there was an interview with David Montgomery, and he was like, you know, I was running my ass off and I got pissed. I look over at Jamison Williams. He's just jogging. <laughs> so, <laughs> All right, so what you got yeah. for your sick call? Yeah, one thing I'll add to that is even though he didn't get any rushes last week, they're also giving him some end rounds and sweeps and things like that, trying yeah, to find ways involved. to get the ball into his hand. So I like that. Um, so what do you say every week, Jeff, about your sick calls, right? You want a guy who can score a touchdown in one long play and pay off his salary. And this guy did it last week, and I'm going to call it. He's going to do it again. And that's Jamal Agnew at 3,400. Uh, we talked about uh, C.J. Beathard going to play, expected to you know throw the ball a lot. Everybody's going to go Calvin Ridley or Evan Ingram. Uh, but if you want to go one of the cheapest uh, options on the slate uh, is Jamal Agnew. So we didn't. I didn't talk about this in my stack because uh, it was my sick call. But uh, Baker and Mike Evans and bringing it back with Jamal Agnew uh nobody nobody will have that stat. uh so you can basically put all the rest of the chalk in there uh rashad white and dj Moore or whatever and and all the bears exactly yeah yeah good stuff i like that call uh so I, I i put down two names because one of them is questionable so if Traylon Burks is healthy at 3.1, I like Traylon Burks because I think Nick Westbrook Akini uh, is is out. Uh, yes, he is. So I think uh, Burks would step into that number two role. 
However, if Burks is also out, which he's questionable right now, Chris Moore kind of showed out a little bit uh, last week, and I think he will be the number two. Uh, he's 3.3, so he's also pretty cheap. But he actually had a, a, a an amazing catch. I don't know if y'all saw it live, but, I mean, he had a, a catch that I was like, who the hell was that? I could have swore it was D-Hop because the way he caught it. Uh, so yeah, Chris Moore would definitely be in. He, he'll be yeah. viable at 3.3. Burks did get a full practice in today, so I think he's going to play. So I think, yeah, if Burks plays, Burks is the one I like. I think he's the better talent, and he's also a little bit cheaper. Uh, if for some reason he's out, then go Chris Moore. So those are my my sick calls, depending on what happens. Is this like a revenge from the last time that I had two sick calls? Is that is this what you're trying to do? To <laughs> yeah, me right just gonna, it's going to yes. take two guys. It, it's, it's not taking two guys. It's a caveat. It's one or the other, depending on if Burks <laughs> is going to play or not. All right, fellas, that wraps up the show. Uh, I do want to say to the listeners that are still here with us, uh, we're going to have one more show next week. Uh, we take off week 18 because it's so many people that are going to be resting and everything else. So we're not going to have a show week 18, but then we'll be, be back for the first week of the uh, playoffs. Yeah, wild card weekend. Wild card weekend. And we'll do that whole slate. I think there's games Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. So we'll cover the whole entire slate. Uh, so, And that'll be our last show of the year, unfortunately. Uh, but we will definitely be here next week. And in, uh, in, in three weeks from now, we'll be there for the, the wild card weekend as well. Garson, I want to thank you once again for coming on. I know it was a last minute. Yeah. Thing. Uh, I, I thought it was going to be a two man show. It was going to be a two man show with me and Tim, but Gerson came through, uh, you know, even being sick and showed up, man. So I appreciate it. So quickly <laughs> no uh, problem, plug your Twitter handle and anything else you want to plug. Yeah. You can find me at NSTG DFS. Um, you can find me on a DFS round table. Uh, Facebook, but I want to thank you guys for holding it down this year. I know I didn't come on the whole season. I really do hope that next year is a lot better and I just come back full time and be back with the gang, you know. Um, this year was just hectic at work, and trust me, it hurt me every Friday seeing you guys bring in these guys. I'm like, that guy, Jared, trash, trash. <laughs> that guy, Garrett. Man, that's a sexy ass voice, but all right, <laughs> I'll accept it, you know. But no, I appreciate it. You guys holding it down. I miss you guys. You guys know that I tell you guys all the time. But Merry Christmas to everybody and a Happy New Year, guys. Please don't drive drunk. Get an Uber, get a Lyft, get your parents, get your mom, your dad, you know, walk. You Obviously, don't public intoxicate, but yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Tim, what you got? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at KetoDFS, in Facebook at the DFS Roundtable, where I do my thread every week. And yeah. like you said, most importantly, Merry Christmas to everybody who's tuned in with us all year long. Uh, we appreciate it more than you know. And, uh, you know, hop in and, and join us again, uh, we say, two weeks. Absolutely. As always, guys, you can follow me on Twitter at Jeff Lambert 77 uh, You know, I mentioned the, the show will be ending in a couple of weeks. Uh, and then me and Ryan show, if you watch our season long show, we're going obviously full dynasty, uh, flip it over to all the rookies we're going to talk about. And of course, you know, I'll plug it now. But in April, we do our annual uh, draft show, which I know Tim is always so hyped for. Uh, so be on the lookout for all that stuff. Got some good things planned in the 2024 for this for for the for going for two. I'm not hyped for it. Yeah, you, yeah. Tim, Tim is a different Tim's a different I level. I, I'm of hype for the draft show. Yeah. Though, I do. Tim. No, just so you guys know. OK. Now that we're at the end of the show and most people aren't still listening, part of the reason I'm cheering for all the Bears is so that they somehow convince themselves that Justin Fields is their quarterback <laughs> and decide not to take Caleb Williams because that, that's how the Packers stay relevant, right? If the Bears ever actually get a quarterback, then it's over. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So. You... Let, let, let them give Justin Fields $40 well, million, dollars, please. If, please if they don't get Justin if you don't get Caleb Williams, you're gonna have a wide receiver named Marvin Harrison Jr. wrecking you guys every every week. Yeah, but I will I will trust the Bears to mess that up somehow. <laughs> somehow, somewhere they will. All right, fellas. We'll find a way. Uh, appreciate y'all, and uh, we will see y'all next week. Go pack, go. <laughs> Peace. <laughs>